0: Day. Awesome. Good to see everybody. Y'all had a good week? Yes. A winning week? Yes. Winning week. Hallelujah. Did anybody pray this week? Yes. yes. Anybody was in the Word this week? Reading the Bible? Meditating? Yes. All right, good, good, good. So you're thinking bigger and better? Yes. So I say I'm thinking bigger and better. Bigger yes. and better. Hallelujah. How, how many of you uh, would say that um, this year so far is going good for you? Okay. How many of you would say uh, it's okay? I wanted to improve. All right. So good. So majority, the majority, saying it's going good. About three or four people, excuse some kids, are saying I wanted to improve. That's great. That's great. It's good that you are able to um, discern where you're at in the year, and not let it just be another year, the same old routine. Same old problems, same old issues, and you're not um, discerning and then making a change. So I want to encourage those of you who are having a good year already to keep doing what you're doing and keep listening to heaven to hear his wisdom so that you'll know how to keep excelling. The Bible says that wisdom excels folly. So wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all you are getting get what? Understanding. Um, the, the church, I believe, um, um, not all of the church, some of the church um, has underestimated the power of wisdom to cause you to excel. Favor is part of it, but the Bible says that Jesus grew in favor with God and man, but the first thing he grew in was with what? Wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. You need wisdom. And if you look at the book of Proverbs, wisdom and favor go hand in hand. It's not just favor. It's not just wisdom. It's wisdom and favor. And so it's very important that you get wisdom. Wisdom. Does anybody know what wisdom means? (coughs) This is part of our pastor talks. Does anybody know what wisdom means? Skill. That's very good. Anybody else? Understanding. Understanding. Okay. Wise, that's good. Huh? Wisdom is a person is something that you have. is the noun. Wise is more of the um, I don't forgot my adverbs and verbs thing. We desc- wise is a person, that's an adjective. Thank you. Adjective. I wanna say thank you. I, I don't know who said it. Adjective. Wisdom is a noun. What does wisdom mean? You said wise, that's the that's the um, adjective of the person describing you. You said um, skill, and you said understanding. Okay, anybody else? Sure. Beautiful. Being able to apply knowledge appropriately. That is very good. You said something? Oh, being able to apply knowledge appropriately. That's good. So it's understanding, and understanding is a little different, but it does imply understanding too. It, it is skill and is able to apply knowledge. What'd you say? appropriately. Very good. And so um, in order for that to happen, you have to be a reader. You have to be a reader. I can tell whether we're reading or not. We have to read. We have to get um, knowledge into our soul and get wisdom into our spirit. Man, I feel like somebody was behind me. It's an angel, man. <laughs> I was like, who's walking behind me? Wow. Okay. Glory to God. So I'm serious. I thought somebody, oh my goodness. Anyway, you have to apply, um, get into reading. You have to be a reader. And so if you're not reading, you're not going to really go as far as you want. I've seen on Facebook, social media, people talking about their reading goals. Does anybody have any reading goals this year? Raise your hand high. Okay, that's good. That's good, good. If you're not planning to read, you're not planning to win. Ooh, I like that. If you're not planning to read, you're not planning to win. You have to be a reader. You know, we have Oprah Winfrey, who's worth, what? 2.5, 3.5 billion dollars. And from the beginning of her life up until now, she's 70 years old. She's an avid reader. Gail said on her 70th birthday, Oprah said, no parties, no surprises, no gifts. She says, I want to sit in my house and I want to read and just reflect on my life. That's what she wanted and that's what they gave her. She says, no gifts, no surprises, no parties. So she's a billionaire who could be on some yacht somewhere, <laughs> be in Monaco, be, have some, some lavish party with hundreds, maybe thousands of guests who would bless her and just rave about her. We saw what happened when, when, she, when, the, when, the, when the TV show was over, two days of celebration, auditorium filled with what, 25,000 people. And she said, I'd rather read." That's powerful. That's why she's still on top. The grace of God, but also wisdom, knowledge. So people say, oh, I would love to be like her, but okay, are you willing to do what she does? You know, Jesus said something very powerful. He said, um, he's talking to these religious people who were like, yo, man, I'm not, we're we're, we're not in, we're we're of Abraham. And he says, you want to kill me? And you say, you're of Abraham? He says, no. No, you're not. He says, you're of your father, the devil. And the works of your father, you will do. That's why you want to kill me. He said, because if you are the children of Abraham, you would do the works of Abraham. And you find out Abraham was a very humble man, very humble man. And so I'm like, wow, that's powerful. If you really want to be like somebody, you'll do their works. I want to be like Jesus. Really? You go into a solitary place and pray. You put down the works of the flesh. You've renewed your mind. You've surrendered to the will of the father. To the, even to the point of death, Jesus said, I'm not here to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. i won't be like Tyler Perry, okay, you wanna go to uh, uh, Jackson, Wyoming and sit for weeks or days and write 10 manuscripts? Are you willing to do that? Whatever it is that you want, you have to do the works to get there. James the apostle came reeling. He was like, yo, I heard, I know you guys know about grace. Apostle Paul did a masterful job about grace. He said, but works, faith without works is what? Debt. You got to do something. And then he used Rahab, who who we've been talking about. He said, Rahab wasn't saved just because she believed. She was saved because she did something. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And so I want to encourage you to do something. Look at your neighbor and say, "Neighbor, neighbor, do something. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. We're we're continuing our message of um, thinking bigger and better about yourself, which is a message within the series, thinking bigger and better. I was going to try to rush it like I told you last week, but I said, no, not going to do that. Holy Spirit was not feeling that. So I said, okay, we'll just take our time. Amen. And um, there's a lot of golden nuggets in this. A lot of beautiful things are happening in this, and I want to encourage you guys to um, really take the notes. Last week, we gave you point three, when you think bigger and better about yourself, you take life more seriously. And we said that when you're serious, you will, um, serious means demanding careful consideration or application. And then we looked at Ephesians 5, where Paul talks us, tells us to walk circumspectly. And we said that word circumspectly means to walk accurately, exactly, and diligently. We didn't really focus on the diligent part. The Bible says that the diligent hand shall be rich. Diligent means work on your craft um, with eagerness. Um, be, 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 be a, I I don't use the word hard worker, but be a hard worker whatever it is, gift that God has given you, a lot of people are now moving forward because they're burying the gift that God gave them. Don't bury the gift, develop it, multiply it, use it, monetize it, give it to the world. Your gift is not for yourself. You know what a lot of people do? They pride themselves in I have a gift. Okay, so what, you have a gift. What does that mean if nobody knows about it? What does it mean if it's not developed? What, if it need, what does it mean if it's not serving the world? Who cares? So people get caught up into, I got something. So what? Who cares that you know that? If you're not monetized it, if you're not shared it with the world, it means nothing. What you do is, the Bible says, knowledge puffs up. You feel good about yourself, but really, you're nothing. There are a whole bunch of people in this world proud about things that have not done anything with. Don't you be that person. Be a person who says, you know what? Thank you, Father, for the gift you've given me. What's the point that I have a writing gift, but I have no books out? What does that mean? It means nothing. It means that you feel good, that you can write. You got mad manuscripts on your computer, but you ain't did nothing with it. So what does that mean? hello somebody amen. oh you thought i was just talking about you <laughs> no before i talk about you i'm talking about me first amen. and i have no ego where i can't talk about myself amen. Amen? amen you should learn from that humble yourself be able to say where your shortcomings are so you can come out of it amen. i was up three o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning i don't know all the morning man i'd be waking up then falling asleep then waking up all asleep I was praying, and then I started cleaning. You know when you start praying in the spirit, you start cleaning. <laughs> Throwing out garbage, 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Because we you start praying in the spirit, praying the Holy Ghost, praying to God, crying to God, worshiping, singing, your spirit says, clean this house up, man. Be the presence of God in a dirty house. So I'll be cleaning. Every, whenever I get in the spirit, I start cleaning if my house is not clean, This is weird. <laughs> so <laughs> two hours cleaning, while I'm praying. Anyway. Um, we're praying. When I I was praying, I realized the importance of moving forward with what God has given you. That's a realization God constantly brings to me, but a realization that I want you to have. I want you to understand that everyone has a season. Everyone has a what? Have you noticed that you've gotten older? Have you noticed that time is not stopping because you got bills and problems? Have you noticed that time doesn't stop because you got a messed up relationship? All right. Time doesn't stop because you didn't finish school? Okay. Time is like, I don't care about you. (laughs) Who are you to me? I'm not your daddy, I'm not your mama, I ain't your creator. I'm here to give you a clue of what's happening. You're not getting no younger. And you know what time does also? It starts giving you the grace to be a physical reminder <laughs> that time is not stopping, yeah. that your life is coming to a close. Well, mm-hmm. oh, that's not very boring, Pastor. No, I'm not being morbid. I'm trying to wake you up. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't waste time. We've all been wasted of time. But I want to encourage you don't waste time. Don't be a slow mover in the will of God. Be accurate, be exact, and what? Be diligent. Work at your craft, work at your gift. Even people like um, Pastor Fabian or Martine, these are um, um, house moms. You know, they stay at home, they take care of the kids. They still have a purpose. God has a plan. This is part of the plan, raising their kids, but that's not the only plan. They were born with a gift. And those gifts have to be used. People like Pastor Fabian and Martin, they can't just focus on their little kids. They have to focus on, Jesus, what gift did you give me? What do you want me to do? Even though their children are their primary focus right now. They have to take time out for themselves to develop whatever it is that God gave them. Because you 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 weren't born, you weren't born just to be one thing. Amen. Amen. You're born to be multidimensional. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. Somebody shout multidimensional. Amen. Somebody say, I was born for more. Born for more. Somebody say, I was, more. I was made for more. But you're only going to discover that when you walk circumspectly, when you walk exactly, accurately, and diligently. Praise God. Then we looked at 1 Peter 5.8. We talked about the devil. Be sober, Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom him devour. We talked about the word adversary, talked about the word devour. But we didn't talk about the word seeking. And that word seeking, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But, you know, there's a, you know, when we talk about seeking the Lord, that means going after the Lord. Um, um, praying, uh, wanting to hear his voice, wanting to hear his will, wanting to hear his wisdom. But this word seeking, um, in this context... It's talking about someone who's checking you out. They're looking for your weak points. They're observing you. Now, Satan is not omnipresent. So it's not just the devil checking you out. He has emissaries, demonic spirits sent to check you out. Um, if, if you ever encounter a, a witch or wizard who can tell you facts about yourself, that's because the demons have been have been taking notes on you. They know some things about you. They don't have all knowledge, but they do have some knowledge. because They're watching you. They're looking at your responses. They're looking at your weak points. They've studied you for your whole life. And that's why demons get people a lot. And this is why God has local churches and apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to help the body grow and help them to stay free of the devil. That's why there's gifts of the Spirit to counteract the works of darkness and to prevail over them greatly. Amen. Amen. The Bible says the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations for the profit of all. So God wants to bless you. God wants to profit you. God wants to make you be on top because Satan is seeking. You know, um, Jesus was tempted, right? And the Bible says after the temptation was over and he, blew, and he whipped the devil's butt, one gospel says that Satan went aside. He went aside. If you study, I studied this out in the Greek. He went aside, right, to watch him. All right, you got me, but I'm still going to watch you. Okay. Satan is faithful to his job. And, and you know how we know? This was an ongoing thing in Jesus' life? Because he says, the prince of this world, at the end of his life, I mean before he went to the cross, the prince of this world is coming. And he has nothing in me. He was aware that Satan was looking for something. He said, He has nothing in me. As I told you before, there's no, he was meaning that nothing in me looks like him. So understand that you have an enemy who's a legalist and he's a strategist. He's a what? A legalist and a strategist, and he will do whatever he can to get you. And this is one of the reasons why, as a church, we embrace the prophetic, so that we can overcome him. You know how many dreams, how many revelations come so that we can help people? Pastor Fabian was just telling me how she ministered to one woman recently, and the Lord uh, of this week, And the Lord gave her a word for this person. And that person said, oh, my God, she said, this is what I see. This is what's going on with you at your job. And it was exactly what um, Pastor Fabian said. That is to help people. The gifts of the spirit, words and knowledge, prophetic words is to help people overcome. Somebody say, I will overcome. overcome. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Are you excited about that? Okay, so let's get to number four. When you think bigger and better about yourself, you will master the moment. When you think bigger and better about yourself, you will master the moment. Literally, the Holy Spirit gave me this as a point. Like I told you last week, how I get, to, how I get my points, my messages. Um, I wrote this down. Mastering the moment is not, and you can write this down too, mastering the moment is not merely showing up. Mastering the moment is not merely showing up. Showing up is important, but that's not what mastering the moment is. Okay, you show it up, so what? <laughs> did you master the moment? No. Jesus' disciples showed up all the time. They didn't master the moments all the time. But he did. Oh, come on. This is what mastering the moment is. Mastering the moment Is defined as releasing your expertise into an experience. That's how I defined it. That's what I came up with. Mastering the moment is releasing your expertise into an experience. Every day, you're having some kind of experience. Every day, you have to ask yourself, am I mastering the moment? Whether it's raising kids, whether it's taking a uh, a test in school, whether it's being a doctor, whether it's doing some legal work, whether it's managing somebody, whether it's pastoring, whether it's teaching the Bible, whatever it is, are you mastering the moment? When you're in a, in a, in a, 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 a road rage situation, are you mastering the moment? Man, I remember when I used to, was driving, you know, I take the Uber now, but I'm going back to driving soon. But when I used to drive, I used to start going crazy on people. Anybody ever been there? And cursing, well, not really, but same bad things. I hope you get into an accident, you know, I a cop comes to get you, you know, all kind of crazy stuff. I did a few profanities, too. Yeah, I did that. But, you know, we all repent. Praise God. Mm-hmm. But the Lord said, don't do that. When I should drive, the Lord said, what did my word say? Bless and do not curse. Yeah. I was like, ah, OK. <laughs> so then I would sometimes be like, praise God. If I want to go crazy, praise God. Super fake, but I'm being the Bible. God bless them in Jesus' name. Glory to God. May they not get into no accidents. Person somebody cut you off and they're speeding. You want to say, oh, I hope you crash. God said, don't do that. Pray, I hope you do not crash. I hope nobody catches you. No tickets for you. May you, may you live forever. <laughs> Just blessing them. Fake, but blessing them according to the word. Amen. That's important because your words matter. So God was trying to show me, master the moment, master your anger, control your emotions and control your tongue. Amen. And you need to master the moment in, you're going to have many moments in your lives that you need to master. Sometimes we make a mistake and we fail, but don't master it. We ask God to forgive us, but we need to master moments. And what do we say? That is bringing, releasing your expertise into experience. write this down. At, the, at a foundational level, you have to have some kind of skill, expertise, or know-how. So you can't master a moment if you don't have a know-how. You don't have any kind of skill or expertise. Um, there, if you look at the Bible, there's so many people that mastered moments. It just It's just amazing. From Genesis to Revelation, there's a constant flow of this theme the Holy Spirit gave me of mastering the moments. And so when you think bigger and better about yourself, you're going to master the moments of your life. One beautiful example that we know about is Mark. Pastor Patrick, could you just check this? Because I just touched it? I'm trying to make sure I don't touch. Make sure everything's still good. I don't want to mess this up. It's good. It's still good? All right, good. Thank you. Hello, everybody who's listening by tape. <laughs> want to make sure you got this. All right. Mark 9, we know this story, but we're going to look at it from a different vantage point, from the vantage point of Jesus mastering the moment. Mark 9, verse 14, and when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Even 2,000 years ago, religious people always want to dispute, they always want to fight. So you find people online always fighting, arguing the Bible, ignore them. It's hard to but I've trained myself to ignore them. I've made comments, but I'm training myself to ignore them because they don't matter. Disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, talking about Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Now, why would he come to the disciples? Do You ever think about that? Why would he come to them? because evidently they had a reputation of casting out spirits. We already know that Jesus sent them an assignment to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out spirits. But in this particular situation, they did not master the moment. They had authority, they had the skill, but there was something missing. He said they could not. So he's making a complaint to the captain. He answered him toward Jesus and said, "O faithless generation! How long shall I be with you? How long shall I be with you? Bring him to me." Now, when he said that, who was he talking to? The man, the disciples, or the crowd? What do you think? The disciples. What do you think? The crowd. anybody else? The disciples. The crowd. What do you think? The man? We said generation, so we know it's not the man. It's a group of people. Anybody else? The disciples? I think it could be disciples, but I think it could be the crowd too. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, you thought I had an answer for you, right? I don't have an answer for you. That's why this is a great church. Pastor can admit he doesn't have the answer. I don't know. I've thought about it for some time. I'm not sure, but 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 I think it could be both. It could be either or. But 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 the disciples, I believe, were definitely in it. Exactly. That's good. That's very very good. And that that's what makes me think it is disciples. But but I I'll leave the crowd in there for a possibility because he could be saying the disciples and the crowd. Okay. Then so. Um, and then they brought him So Jesus, said, bring him to me. In other words, I'm going to master a moment right now. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, the little boy, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. You know why that happened, right? The demon was putting on a show for Jesus. He was trying to intimidate Jesus. There are things you're going to face that will try to intimidate you. They'll foam at the mouth. They'll convulse situations, circumstances. And what you have to do is not react. Mm-hmm. Haven't you ever seen kids do this? Yeah. Like they have a little demon in them. <laughs> I remember Madison was acting up recently, my niece, great-niece, and I said, I'm buying that spirit in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I was really joking, but I was like, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Ariel was standing right there. She was laughing. She, she straightened up too. She was like, Okay, what's this going on? Buy that. No, no, no. Ain't all, all this craziness, No, 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 no. Kids do that because they wanna they think their tip of tantrum is gonna make you change. And it's worked so well in generations in human history, kids keep doing it. <laughs> it's part of it's part of this their nature until you straighten them out. Until you show them Your tip of tantrum is not going to change me. And then they'll stop. All right, come on. So, verse 21, so he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? In other words, Jesus didn't react like, oh my goodness, I got to do something about it. Okay, foam at the mouth, convulse him, whatever. You've been doing it for so long. It doesn't make a difference. I'm not moved by you, demon. And so he said, how long has this been happening to him?" He said, from childhood. You just want to get some information. So when you're mastering a moment, it's very important that you get information about what's happening. Mm-hmm. All right? And he said from childhood, verse 22, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. In other words, the spirit in my son has tried to throw him in water, throw him in fire, like try to drown him and try to kill him. But if you can do anything other words, I don't even want a full deliverance, but if you can do something to alleviate his suffering, to alleviate my suffering, have compassion on us and help us. Have what? Compassion on us and help us. We have a world that is looking for help. They're looking for hope. They're looking for healing. They're looking for your expertise. They're looking for you to master the moment. Somebody say, I will... Master Master the moment moment. in 2024. 2024. Now let me throw something in here the Holy Ghost just said. Mastering the moment, oh my, 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 is going to require you to stop thinking about yourself all the time. Yes, I believe in self-care. We need more of that. But if you are a person who thinks about yourself your family, your needs all the time, you will not be what the world needs. You are here to serve the world. You're a gift to your parents first, to your family, but you're also a gift to the world. If God didn't want you in this day and time, you would not be born. Everybody say I was born born. for a a purpose. purpose. And that purpose is to serve others. Do you realize your gift is not for you? I'm anointed to preach and to teach the word of God. I'm a pastor. I'm a gift to the body of Christ. Am I a pastor to myself? Am I a shepherd to myself? Am I I here called to look in the mirror and preach to myself? That's dumb. People obviously, that's obviously people see that. That's the same thing with your gift. Is your gift for you? No, it's not for you. It's for others. Did you ever look at your human person and realize why your eyes don't look inside to you? Why we had to create something called the mirror. And before the mirror, we had to clear water. I ain't so clear now, nah, so you can't see yourself. <laughs> because God doesn't want you thinking about you all the time. Hello, somebody. Do you ever think about you? You know, you can have eyes looking within. Like, oh, look at me. I'm so great and grand. I'm so beautiful. That's what Satan did. And what happened? He felt like lightning. The Bible says he looked at his own beauty. He turned within. And that's what people do, a lot. But sometimes they don't do it in the pride, Sometimes they do it in negative. Oh, my problems, my issues, my this, my that. And you turn inward, you're no longer looking outward, and guess what? You're going to fall like lightning. Everyone who serves just themselves, they never stand forever. And they don't stand strong. So if you want to master the moment, you have to go outside of yourself and say, you know what? Let me not think about myself all the time. Let me think about others. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 23. Jesus said, if you can, It's not about my ability. He said, believe all things are possible. To him who believes. So that's how you've mastered a moment. Learn to believe. Somebody shout, I believe. I believe. I believe I can fly. Ooh, my God. I believe I can touch the sky. Now we stop. <laughs> Y'all forgot about him already? Dag. <laughs> He's like, we don't sing no R. Kelly songs, Pastor. We don't, we don't, we, we don't mess with that guy. Believe. All things are possible to him who believes. I already told you many, many times, so you should know this already. If you can, is a question mark. He's like, if you can, like what? You are questioning my ability, bro? We ain't, we, we ain't on that level no more. He said, believe. All things are possible to those who what? Believe. believe. Look at your neighbor. Say your neighbor, believe. believe. All things are possible to him who believes. This is another way of saying, dream big. Think bigger. Think better. Trust the true and the living God, the one who is not limited by anything. One of the things that helps me think big, Pastor Patrick was complimenting this week. He says, One thing about you, you have this, this, this mind of bigness on you. And he started tracing from the time when he first met me, the books I was reading, the books he he was exposed to the things he was exposed to. He said, the things you showed me. I, one thing I realized, you always have this big way of thinking. I said, thank you. I think that I need to have more manifestation, but thank you. But the reality is, the reason why I think big is because I take time to think about him and how great he is. And I, and I remove all religious, all limited thinking when I think about him. So, when you think about, let's just say one of the biggest things that, that's always on the mind of people is money, right? Let's think about money. Sister Vahum, said, okay. What is an American dollar to a living God? No, really, what, what, what is it? That's it. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I like the face you put on it. He said, nothing. Like, if you really think about it, it's nothing. What is $100 million to a God who created a universe? You really think God wants you to make $15 an hour? You really think God wants you to have a minimum wage job? No, that's the world system. That is not the kingdom. You really think God wants poor people and rich people and middle class people? It's not in the Bible. It's a reality in our world. And God gives instructions on how to deal with the poor, the middle class, the rich, but it's not kingdom. This is why the Bible addresses different attitudes towards the poor It addresses how to get out of poverty. Come on, somebody. Jesus came. People, all the evangelical brothers don't want to preach this. Jesus came preaching the gospel to the poor. Gospel means good news. What's the good news to the poor? Oh, you you about to go to heaven? Is is, is that good news to the poor? You on your way to heaven? That's what we did in America. Oh, so you poor, but you on your way to heaven. One of the things, Pastor Patrick said, he used to go to this uh, mega church in, in New York City, and he was like, man, if I stayed there, I wouldn't think the way I think. Because this particular church, they, 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 the pastor embraces, like, like, you, like, if you're poor, that's just your state. If you're rich, that's just your state. Let's all come together. And I I know what he's talking about, because there are pastors like that, listen, we welcome everybody, the poor, all walks of life, the all walks of life kind of speech, but they don't really empower the poor person to get what a rich person is. That is a common American theological way of being. Even if they don't say it with words, it's how it's expressed that way. We have the rich and the poor, it makes it feel like, oh, we're a great church. (laughs) Okay, but what are you doing with your poor? Are you just giving them handouts, or are you giving them a hand up? Mm-hmm. And even the world, the secular world, the unbeliever—they're beginning to notice. Why are we just placating to people's poverty? Why are we giving them skills so they can be on top too? Because yeah. the reality is: Do you really want to be on top, or do you want to be the great white hope? I mean, the great hope. <laughs> Whoever you may be. There's one guy, there's a story, some homeless guy, he turned his whole life around because he taught him how to code. And the homeless poor guy, I know sometimes people have mental issues, he doesn't have a mental issue, he just not have a skill, got this skill and got rich. Instead of just giving him a coat, some clothes, some food, making himself feel good at a soup kitchen. Why don't you give I gave him the skills I have so he can have what I have. But you know what? We live in a world where people are secretly wishing they were better than you. Unfortunately, Pastor Patrick said, that's true. You have a pastor right here. I have no secret hidden desire to be better than you. I want us all to go to the top. Amen. And if you know me any length of time, you know that's true. All of us should be at the top. All of us should be number one. All of us should be great in whatever we do. Praise God. Because actually, you being great makes me look better. <laughs> it does. you got more money. So there's more tithes and offerings in the coffers. For him to count, praise God. You, you know more people, so more people going to come here. So go ahead and be great. I look better. And if we start thinking that way about each other... Guess what? It'll be amazing. Our lives, our fellowships will will be amazing. Praise God. Amen. Jesus mastered the moment. Verse 25: When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I love this. He went to commanding mode. Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. That's a powerful statement he made. Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you. Do you recognize your commanding power? Are you using your commanding power? If you want to celebrate and accelerate in 2024, if you want to think bigger and better, you have, about yourself, you have to start using your commanding power. Somebody say, I have have the power power to to command. Use it. Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you. Come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, because demons do not like when you command. They don't like when you rebuke them. They don't like when you resist them. They don't like when you open your mouth and you win. The spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he is dead. He wasn't dead. Even situations that look dead, they're not dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. Um, I feel to stop right here. Um, Bill Keys. how are you? Um, remember what you came to pray up for? Pastor Fabian, how's that going? Did it stop? That's good. Um, how is your life going in general? It's going good? So this is, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to do. Have you, do you um, speak positive words over your life? Yeah. The Holy Spirit wants you to start speaking positive words over your life. Go to your mom and dad and ask them, go to Pastor Michelle at Kids Church and uh, we're going to get you a book on uh, mom, dad, teach me about faith confession Jesus wants you to speak words of life over yourself over your friends over your family He wants you to learn the power of your words Hmm if I'm correct, did I give a prophet a word about this before? Yeah, when I think I PS 38 I did anyway. But yeah, do that. Your words are going to create your world. You want a lot of things, right? You're going to learn to speak at a young age so that when you're older, certain problems other people have, you won't have because you created your world by your words. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's start with one. This is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say that. Through Christ. Yes. Say that. You're in your bed. And you're just walking down the street. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then you, those are, you, should, you should quote scriptures, but you're going to quote just some positive things. I'm amazing because God made me amazing. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. I'm going somewhere to happen. I have great skill. I'm beautiful inside and out. Jesus is blessing me. Jesus is protecting me. You're going to, you're going to, no, no problem. Well, what's going on here, man? Trying to preach. Y'all playing with, playing with the AI, man. You got what I'm saying? Amen. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Praise God. If you, any evil spirits, negative thoughts try to come to you, you are to say, I command you to leave me now in Jesus' name. Amen. Any thoughts that's bad, you do that, all right? You have authority in Jesus' name. Amen. And God wants you to use it. It's very important that you have your parents and pastors pray for you, but it's also important, and your brothers, and it's also important that you start commanding. Amen. And brothers, make sure you're praying for your sister. It's not just your parents' responsibility to pray for your sister and your sisters. It's your responsibility to pray for them. You're the older, and you have to pray for them. Me especially, you're the firstborn. You have to pray for them. I'm not saying that you have it, but just make sure you realize that's your responsibility. Amen. I pray for this one all the time. My God. Don't look like it, but I do. <laughs> we, 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 we fight. We fight. We go at it. Just yesterday, she said, "I, Maurice, she hung up on me. She said, I don't want to curse you out in this cab. <laughs> so she said, click. I called back. Why would you hang up with me? I don't care if she had this cat. I just laughing away. I like teasing her. She says, why do you like bothering me? That's what all the brothers are supposed to do, right? But I do pray for her very diligently. And that's what a, that's what you're supposed to do. Pastor Patrick does that for his siblings. A lot of things our families won't even know has kept, been kept from them because of our prayers for them. I know Pastor Michelle is definitely, she's like the You know, she has a mom who's the matriarch, but then she's like the second, she's like the one, the glue that keeps everybody together. Her mother even told me that just the other day. It's because of her that there's things flowing in the family. Amen. 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 Sometimes you're the catalyst for the deliverance, the catalyst for the bonding, the catalyst. Be be willing to be used to keep things together. Amen? Amen. Praise God. All right. When he came into the house, his disciples asked him privately. <laughs> they were embarrassed. Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, "This kind can come out by nothing but by prayer and fasting." So he was saying, it "Is this kind of demon requires you?" To be praying and fasting. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with your authority. You just should have been in prayer and fasting. I heard one great Bible teacher um, claim that that's not what that means. And I'm like, bro, you don't know what you're talking about. He claimed that we have authority over all demons, big demons, little demons. And so Jesus was talking about something else. And that's not true. He was talking about demons, this kind of demon. The difference between casting out a deaf and mute spirit and getting rid of a headache. Hello? The difference, headache is a symptom that even if a demon gave it to you, it's a symptom when a deaf and dumb spirit is in someone, it's an entity that's actually in the body. Not a symptom, you have to cast it out. That's why there are some people, they have lung cancer and they never smoke a day in their life and there's no medication fixing it because it's a demon. Brother Hagin, my spiritual father, I told you the story before, there's a woman Emaciated Believer, they could do nothing for her. She never smoked, never was around anything that would cause her to have lung cancer. But she had lung cancer. So a group of believers got together. Sometimes when you're praying for the sick, sometimes it's better to have more than one person there. So they mastered the moment. And Brother Higgins saw the realm of the spirit, and he saw the black mass on her lungs. It was an evil spirit. He said, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, come out of her. He said the spirit went right past him. He said, the woman jumped up, skin and bones, and danced all around the house. Old school Pentecost. Hallelujah. He said, he could tell the spirit went out the window and came right back to the window. He says, no, you don't. Goodbye. (laughs) That's why Jesus said, and enter him, what? No "No more. more. Because spirits like to come back and claim their territory. So what does that mean? Even spirits that Jesus cast out try to come back into the people. And he said that it would happen if you don't do certain things. He says, when I cast a spirit out, they go, they ain't got no away. They, they, they got nothing to do. And you clean it up, they come back to that house unless something else is filling it. Spirits don't like to lose. And in the realm of the spirit, if they left you and they can't get you back, they've lost. So you have to be ready for a counteract, counterattack. Amen. Amen. All right. In another passage, another version of this story, Jesus didn't say, he, said, he gave them another answer. When you combine it together, it's both. He said, because of your unbelief. I think it's in, uh, I forgot what gospel. He said, because of your, he says, why could we not cast it out? He said, because of your unbelief. You didn't believe in the authority that I gave you. You thought this demon was bigger than your authority and power. And the reason why, because you're, you're in the flesh. So you should have been praying and fasting to get in the spirits. Jesus told Brother Hagin, I've given you a certain gift. He said, if you feel, if you see that, it's, that the effects of it is waning, he said, pray and fast some, and then you'll be back where you need to be. What does praying and fasting do? Does anybody know? It what? Very good. It heightens your spirit. It heightens your senses to your authority, to the, that that one who is greater inside of you. Amen. But let's use prayer and fasting when it comes to other skills you have. You have certain gifts, certain things that you have that you're not put to use, you're not monetized. Why are you watching social media? You need to pray and fast. You need to work on your craft. Put that aside. Why are you watching so much TV? Put that aside. Why are you on the phone so much? Put that aside. Work on your ability. Work on your expertise. Do something with God has given you. Or you'll go another 10, 20, 30 years not doing very much. Look at your and neighbor and say, neighbor, I want to do very much. This is, my year. This, is my year. this is my year. This is my year of acceleration, year. Of acceleration, acceleration. And, celebration. and celebration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, Hallelujah. let's rejoice. Master the moment. Oh, Lord Jesus. We love mastering moments. Mm. Hallelujah. Here's some information. Thank you, Jesus. I have a lot more, but I'm going to stop. I'm trying to train myself not to go too far. But that was good, wasn't it? Yes. That's good. I know, I know. Thank you, Jesus. These kids.